When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs from beautiful Sudbury, Ontario, home of the Blueberry Bulldogs, the Wolves, the Lady Wolves, the Laurentian Voyageurs. This is Tales with TR 181B. I'm your host, Terry Ryan, Jr., and uh, I don't know if this, uh, I don't know if I'm going to land a guest this week, so I'm going to record this. I'm going to answer some of your questions before I go into work today as Teddy Hitchcock. Uh, and we got a pretty long few scenes. I don't know about a day, but it seems that way. I got a lot of memory, remembering to do and um, practicing to do. So I didn't really set up a guest. Ryan McDonald, McD. Michaels, a.k.a. Michaels, he was going to come up, but I got sidetracked this morning. So I'm going to leave you with this nugget of radio information. It's not really radio anymore, is it? It's a podcast world, but you know what I mean. I'll leave you with some content, as they say. And therefore, rather than hear me ramble about nothing, why don't I just answer some questions that you guys got? So here we go. Now, will I have a guest? Probably think of this as a bonus episode. Uh, but usually I got one by the weekend, so I figured I'd toss one out here on this beautiful Sunday. And then maybe this week coming up, have a guest Monday and maybe a guest Thursday, something like that. Change it up just a little bit. But anyhow, Slick Mick from Philly wants to know what my thoughts on the Corey Perry situation are. Well, first of all, here's my thoughts. I think we're all scumbags is what I think. Uh, <laughs> really. When I first got that meme that was going around and that rumor 
about his mom or somebody's mom. It was maybe, maybe Connor Bedard's mom. Let's, let's call it what it is. Got brought into question here. And the fact that it has nothing to do with it really gives me a nauseous, sick feeling in my stomach that so many people were willing to spread that rumor. Right? As soon as it got sent to me, I thought, this better be fucking true. Not, 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 not that I was hoping it to be true. But fuck, man. You know, a lot of people sent it to me. And I got to be honest. You know who I sent it to? Jared Kiso. Because I thought Kiso will never send it to anybody. And I just did it as a joke. I really didn't think it was true. But then I even thought, I'm like, you know, I'm just promoting this shitty rumor. And Conor Bedard, above all, doesn't deserve it. If there's absolutely no truth to this, which doesn't look like there is, people are really going out of their way to at least, you know, solidify the fact that this Conor Bedard or his mother or his family or anybody else on the team, his family had nothing to do with this. So that leaves us with what did Corey Perry do? And I have no idea. So how can I really have a thought on the situation? Hmm. I suppose I can have a thought on it. My thought is that it's fucked up. My thought is that whatever Corey Perry did, it isn't good. Do I feel bad for the guy? Some people are like, fuck him. He's a worm anyways. Look, that's the way he plays on the ice. The guy's a fucking clearly a good teammate. They wouldn't have brought him in for that reason. Clearly a good person. I mean, he's professional. He's been around the game this long. You hear bad stuff on the ice, not off of it. Now, he, he he alluded to booze, said he's going to get some help. So if this really is booze, then, geez, as far as second chances go, again, we don't know what it is. But I'm assuming that if it's not uh, what it was rumored to be or something of that sort, if it really is Corey Perry, like, losing his mind when he was drunk, maybe insulting somebody, maybe it was a word of war words and it went too far. I mean, if, if it's not criminal and it's not what was rumored, that's kind of what it's being presented as here, that he, you know, he got drunk and did something stupid. Like the way I'm taking it is, is verbally. And if that's the case, yeah, I mean, I don't know. If, if booze is a reason and he's getting help and it's never happened before in his over two-decade career in the show or, or close to, I, I mean... I, I don't know. No, two decades, I guess. Uh, you know, then then that's my thinking. But if I don't really know what it is, I mean, I'm sure if I did, I'd have a better idea. But like everybody else in North America, well, most people outside of a handful, I don't fucking know what happened. Every every other opinion I have of Corey Perry is a good one. Um. And not just personnel. What do I know about Corey Perry? I don't know. He got the Hart Trophy one year. He had the Rocket Richard Trophy. He's a good scorer. He's been a major contributor and leader on NHL teams that, that won a Stanley Cup, that have been to Stanley Cup finals. That usually means it, it, your, your, you know, your, your depth as a hockey player probably goes a little bit deeper than the game itself. Probably means you're a good leader. You've got a good experience. You're good in a room, not just with players, you know, with, with, Anybody that's needs help, that needs direction, you know, he's got lots of time in with charitable causes, not just money, but time spent, you know, so I don't know. There's a lot guy this guy got that I 
really like about him, and I've never met him. I don't know, Corey Perry. I wish I had a dollar, though, for everybody that sent me a message, what's going on with Corey Perry. I bet you I had... I, I bet you I had 300. Now, of course, most people I don't know, but I bet you 50 friends, probably a little bit more. I can see how they'd think that I might know something. But holy fuck, that was exhausting. People that I hadn't fucking seen since high school. That's how big this story got. And I don't think it was all because of Corey Perry. I think it was because Connor Bedard's fucking mom was involved ignorantly. Fucking ignorantly. That, you know, imagine that kid wakes up that day. He had to call his mom probably and ask her too. You know, it's fucking horrible. It's fucking horrible. That shit started somewhere, right? Someone is out there, right? There's no, like, this isn't like there was any reason and there was a media report and it kind of went out from there. This is some fucking keyboard hero sitting in mom's basement after jerking off three times, nothing else to do, playing fucking video games and throw something out like that. Anyway, fucking ignorant fuck, whoever you are. Anyway, Slick Mick, thanks for the uh, question or statement or whatever it was. Okay, here we go. Jack Campbell, John from Sydney, Australia. Man, it's wild I get so many people listening from Australia. It really is. I, I don't know what to attribute that to. Maybe Shorzy's popular over there. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's really taken off in places I never would have thought. Um, but this is like three years now. Sure, or uh, Maybe Chicklets, maybe hockey fans. I know hockey's, I'm not going to say booming, but it's definitely gaining popularity in, in Australia. I, I look over, I see people are actually going over there to play like a minor, le minor level now, but it's pro hockey. People get paid to do it. I've known people. Um, not a fantastic lead, but you got to start somewhere. I see all kinds of hockey clinics. I see lots of ice arenas. You know, I think hockey's uh, on the upswing in Australia. It's good to see. Anyway, he wants to know what I think about Jack Campbell. Look, I think Jack Campbell, I wish him nothing but success because I think he's a great person. I really do. It's great to be humble as a hockey player. I think, I think sometimes his humility, his that, desire to be such a great teammate that he wears a lot of goals like he really eats them and, 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 he, and he wears them on his sleeve like he's interviewed after and he's, he's, he's always quick to say it was my fault I really appreciate that when a teammate does that it's better than someone saying I'm the best and James Harden I am the system why, James why don't you play the systems I am the system fuck off you know, right? it's better to be humble than have that kind of jackass answer but I think Campbell it's, it's so He's so humble and, and, and worried about his mistakes that it almost eats at him and affects his play. Well, it, it does affect his play, clearly. And I don't know if he's as good as that con Like, you know, he had a... He's in L.A., right? Came over, he was always pretty good. Came to Toronto, and he really lit it on fire for like three months, and he was an all-star. And I think people kept expecting that. I don't think he's an all-star. I do think he's a good goalie, Right maybe even a backup. He's like bordering on, I don't think he's a great starter. Maybe he can be, maybe he can reclaim that. I think he can re replicate what he did in Toronto, but I think any good goalie can do that. Put in two or three 
eight-month stretch of great hockey, of course. But there's maybe just a little bit more holes than people thought, um, especially on a team now. They were playing terrible defense, right? The Oilers were playing really, really bad. Like the poorest, if you look at all those analytics, trust me, I was doing the games. I had to watch a lot of them. I'm reporting on them. I can hear what Edmonton Radio are saying. Tune into the Jason Greger Show, by the way, Mondays and Thursdays, 3 to 6. Um, Alberta time. Um, so there's that. But, I, you know, I really like what I see in this guy, and he's practicing. Didn't he call Manny Legacy a great goalie coach down to Bakersfield to work with him? You know, so fans that get on people's back, like he's putting in the time. And he's not 40 years old. He's more like 30, right? So he's still, you know, he's if a guy was an NHL All-Star and he wants to go there and he wants to improve and he wants to show that, you know, he, he's going to work to be there and he's not just collecting a check, then that goes a fucking long way for me. You know, as far as contracts go, guys are going to get their money and they got agents, and they're going to battle to set themselves up for the rest of their lives. They want it for. I mean, it's a good thing. The hockey world is a family. Your team's a family, but your family family is your family family. <laughs> that made any sense. But, you know, that's there for life. And, you know, you, you want to set yourself up. Uh, and you want to set up your family and generations to come. Then, by all means... Go for, go for the money. You get whatever you can. I think he signed for being between five and six million for five years, right? Um, there's a lot of taxes there, right? It's a, it's a lot of money, but he's got to play these five years. Um, and he's got to, you know, it's, it's not easy to sit over the, 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 the majority of those five years so far. We're on year two. He's played... Less than spectacular. People are all over him, right? I mean, but he's got to go and do it. If it was the East Coast League or something, these are the kind of things that happen. The players just say, fuck this. I'm not, I'm not you know, he wouldn't be as, um, it wouldn't require so much media attention. Oh, just one second. They're fucking yelling outside my room. Just one second. Okay, sorry about that. Um, what was I saying? As far as Campbell, right? Like goalies get, uh, they're often the first person you point the finger at, right? With it, with a team struggling, just like if it's baseball, maybe the best hitter or the pitcher, uh, a pitcher, the best pitcher, whatever, will all often wear it if the team sucks, right? Now, thing about Campbell, he's doing it on a national stage. You're dealing with millions and millions of dollars. So it's much more magnified. But there are instances like this all the time in hockey. You sign somewhere. I don't know. I played in Boise, Idaho. Outside of Boise, outside the East Coast League. A lot of people don't even get, care. You wouldn't even read it. But in Boise, it's a big minor league market. And you better do well. Our goalie was Blair Allison. And we had Jason Cognat as a backup. And, you know, they didn't have three or four games ever to play shitty. And we, you know... I'm not going to say, I don't want to put words in ex-coaches' mouths either, but, you know, if they're sitting there and they're on a good contract which for, for the minor leagues and they know they're playing like shit, maybe they can up and leave and go to Europe or, or maybe they can just quit and pursue 
whatever they did in university or, you know, there's all kinds of options. But a lot of people just fold up the tent. And it's a little bit different because in the East Coast, like, you don't have five-year contracts that take up so much of, like, the cap and all that stuff. But you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. You could escape the situation a lot easier on many other teams on earth than you can on a Canadian team in a fucking, in, the, in a Canadian game, NHL market, Edmonton, the best player in the world, so-called best players play on your team. And every time that team loses and you're in net, you wear most of it. That's a lot of pressure. Not only to be good, but to not fail the best players on the planet. Um, so the fact that he's doing it and he's going out there and playing first two games in Bakersfield, he was, he sucked. He went out there, he got pulled one of them. The other one, he let in like four of 10 shots. Imagine that. Now he gets up in the morning and what does he do? He calls Manny legacy. He doesn't claim injury. It's another thing. I can't promise you that this could keep going on. And if I'm a goalie, I don't just go fuck my, my groin's torn. I'm sorry, my career is over, right? And he's not doing that. A lot of people, you'd have to assume, and I do, I'd never, ever reveal that information. But I have seen it happen. Sometimes a bit of an exaggeration. You might have an existing injury. Whatever's on record, you know, I'm an aging hockey player. And you could easily do that. And not only that, not only would you not have to play through the embarrassment, you could kind of use it as an excuse to why you were playing bad in the first place. But he didn't do any of that. He has belief in himself as a player. He wants to be an Edmonton Oiler. He wants to make his money, but he wants to be a good teammate. So he fucking doubled down and worked harder. So my answer to what do I think of Jack Campbell I think he's a great fucking teammate. He's doing the right things. And if I'm the Oilers, option one is for him to return to even a, 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 even a shade of himself. If he returns to form just to, to be acceptable, to be a sufficient NHL goalie, then the Oilers' chances explode. The whole, the whole landscape for the Oilers changes. Uh, and Stuart Skinner, their other goalie who's number one right now, He's real young, uh, and 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 I, I do think he has a great career ahead of them, ahead of him. Uh, I just, I don't think it looks solid with him and Calvin Picard as his backup, but I think with Cam, because Campbell not only is it, you know, does he have that contract? But I mean, he does have NHL experience. He would be a good shoulder to lean on if I was a young guy. I often say to you guys. It might not show on NHL stats, but on, on, on learning and life and the person that I became, like it was important to have Shane Corson, Scott Thornton, and two in particular, uh, Darcy Tucker, like even, even Ash, I mean, though he's my age, I didn't really look up to him. I, I certainly respected him. Look, I mean, look up, like up, up, but I, I you know, Ash, I mean, being that we're, we're, we're the same ilk, same age, buddies, you know, started in junior and I look at Ash like I look at a kid in high school like that I grew up with, you know. What I'm saying is a lot of these people you meet there, they're, 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 you, you kind of idolize them all in one way. Sakakoivu is another one. Like I, I almost was kind of nervous to speak to some NHLers at first and I was on their team 
So when you get players like Corson and Thornton, uh, uh, you know, in particular those guys, it really, really made a difference in who I am today, really. And when you look back, I'm like, who gives a fuck about the NHL stats? What does it say? I played on the Canadians? Great. Now the people I met along that road and even even and haven't haven't failed really in my my career. I mean, I made the NHL, but I didn't live up to expectations. Um, and of course, you could say injury, whatever. But I mean, the injury could have happened when I was 28, right? I could have had a few years in, and didn't. It, it happened another way, and 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 I became um something of an afterthought until all this recent stuff. But and then that's fine. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of players out there like me that. They won't become NHL stars, but they played the game. They went up there and they looked around the room and they said, I'm in the NHL, and they played. And they practiced for full summers thinking they were going to make the team. Then they go, called up, called down, but they're in that room. And at the end of my, they signed a three-year, but they drafted me. I was there for four. At the end of those four years, almost half a decade, in like one of the best organizations sport-wise, athletically on the planet, outside of hockey, just on the planet, the people that you meet and you got to take advantage of that shit, right? Like you got to take advantage of that. And I'm glad I did like, you know, talking and, and really absorbing what these people had to say. Well, I think the same thing when it comes to Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell. And I, I do like, and, and that goes down the league and Corey Perry, right. And Connor Bedard or whoever, or countless people, countless that are helped, like Connor Bedard, and 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 say a guy like Nick Foligno. Corey Perry is a bad example from here forward, but you know, mentorship kind of thing. Um, for for Campbell and and, and Skinner, or or any or or Holloway and McDavid, right? There's there's all kinds of guys like me though that get called up for a few games and go down. And you don't really hear of them again, but. Those players and the coaches and whoever, the whole experience of them playing really impacts their life. And like just a lot of them could call up just for one game and their whole life changes, right? Like Ken Dryden said to me, don't worry, Terry, once an NHLer, always an ex-NHLer. And I love that quote. And I try to say it to people and because, you know, you, there's all kinds. Hockey world's a small world. Um, I had a friend now at home, Clark Bishop. Right, Clark's really battling. He's in Calgary um, on their minor league team, Wranglers, is it? And uh, you know, battling each year in the last five years. I think he's had at least one game. I don't think he's had more than twenty, but he battles and he's there. And this is his NHL experience. And to Clark right now, he'd probably tell you, "Fuck, man, like I got to do better to get it." But <coughs> but even this experience playing in Calgary for their minor league team. He's been in Ottawa, Carolina, great guy, great hockey player, great person just all around. And uh, that's just one example. But like, you know, the players from Newfoundland that the big stars that came out, I don't know, uh, my buddies, Teddy Purcell, Danny Cleary, Ryan Clough, right, Adam Party, Michael Ryder, I can go down the list. But there are guys like me and, and, and Clark Bishop and Luke Adam and Harold Drukin that might have been a flash in the pan, like when it comes to the NHL, but all the, all those experience completely completely changed our life, and 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 we look back with fond memories of skating around with you know Carol Drukin still tells me about playing in Vancouver with Mark Messier when he was nineteen, like that must have been fucking wild, right? Now, but you'll 
never really hear many people refer to it, but you know, like my life was just as impacted as by, by Shane Corson as like Saku Koivu's might have been by John Beliveau. Now Koivu went on to be a more memorable player, so people will probably make that connection easier. But there are fucking ex there's there's accountants out there and fucking city councilors and doctors and lawyers and they used to be hockey players. Some of them had a little stint in pro, might have got up for an NHL game three or forty. Right, and you don't really remember exactly who they are, but their whole fucking life just changed. And every time they go out to a local establishment or a pub or whatever, right, they tell their story like they've got a thousand games played. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. With DraftKings, you can bet on any game you want, whether you want to bet the puck line or the over/under. DraftKings has something for everybody. And if you want, you can throw down on your favorite player as an anytime goal scorer. Or if you're looking for a long-term bet. Maybe you want to predict the Stanley Cup champion. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023, all rights reserved. Actually, this is a good segue into this. So someone else asked me what I'm reading right now. Now, if you're on YouTube and you're looking at this, you get a good visual. Ken Reed's hometown hockey heroes so you know my buddy ken reed he wrote the forward to my second book right um this is great book ken i'll read, read you out the names see where you're from so this is each chapter these are just hometown hockey heroes some of who've had a flash with pro hockey uh and nhl players and even the NHL. So there's one, two, how many chapters? 14 chapters. So 14 players from across Canada. I actually contributed a bit on chapter one. Robbie Forbes, I'll, I'll read, I contributed in that. He interviewed me. I didn't write anything. Um, so Robbie Forbes, Cornerbrook, Newfoundland. Bruce Campbell, New Waterford, Nova Scotia. Mike Pinky Gallant, Summerside. Prince Edward Island, Oscar Gaudet. Moncton, New Brunswick, Kevin Cloutier, St. George, Quebec, Rob McGonigal, Anne Pryor, Ontario, Dave Tucker, Cambridge, Ontario, Paul Polillo, Brantford, Ontario, George Palawa, 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 Bemidji, Minnesota, Clifford Duchesne, Thompson, and the Pa, Manitoba, Tyson Watani, Robert, Saskatchewan, Randy Keller, Claire's Holmes, Alberta. Richie Perot, St. Albert, Alberta. 
and Ken Cowboy McTeer from Kimberly, British Columbia. So these are all stories of people that impacted small towns. I guess it doesn't have to be Canada. There's one in there from Minnesota. So, and it doesn't, doesn't have to be anywhere. It's just that he lives in Canada, but these stories resonate. I would think with people all over the world, no matter what, if you're a hockey fan or a sports fan, even there's someone in your local town that, uh, probably means a lot. So Robbie Ford, Forbes. If you can believe it, this guy's Sidney Crosby's uncle. Now, I didn't know that, of course, when I was a kid. So he came over in 1985, 86. And uh, as I mentioned before, Newfoundland has great senior hockey and we have imports. You're allowed to fly so many players per team in and give them, and well, everybody gets somewhat of a salary, but you give them a decent, a big salary in senior. What would that be, guys, back then? I don't know. If you really, really want to know, little birdies told me that you could come out, you could come away with a two-game weekend in the senior league for a while, um, making $1,000 to $1,500, okay, if you're a good player. So that's in the last, that's in recent history. And so in the 80s, it was no different. Maybe prorated. I don't know what these guys were getting, but it made 1500 bucks in a weekend right now is the equivalent of what? Half that back then? Anyway, it was worth their while to get flown in, get everything paid for, treated like rock stars and make some money. So Robbie came in and he was honestly, like from my perspective, the best player I'd ever seen. Like he was just, the, the, he just looked better than everybody out there. He was, and he, he scored a lot too. He, I mean, he won the scoring in the league by like 20 points. He ripped it apart. Look at his elite prospects, wherever he went, he ripped it apart. This guy could score. Now looking back, I don't know. Was he defensive liability? I don't think so. I just think Robbie back then there was less pro opportunities and the Newfoundland senior league was actually looked at as a bit like a lot of players, when I mentioned in recent history, players went there and played like Aaron Asham and myself and Darren Langdon and Greg Stewart, um, lots of NHL Drukes and lots of ex-NHL players. It's true, but most of them had already had their day in the NHL. Back then, people were still on the way up. Bill McDougall um, played in Port of Basque, Newfoundland the year before he had 52 points. Yes, 52 in 16 playoff games in the AHL, went on to play in the NHL and score a little bit. Mario Roberge played in Port-au-Basque, 91-92. he's on the Montreal Canadiens. They win the Stanley Cup. Uh, Grant Ottenbright. Uh, there, was guy, there were guys like Bill Riley who played years in the NHL. Kevin Morrison, that same thing. But in the 80s, people would actually scout out of the Newfoundland League. You know, the average age was like maybe 24, 25. Um, there was... Yeah, there was players coming and going from pro all the time, which is a little different than recent history. Yes, great, the same kind of thing, just as many ex-pros in recent history and guys who um, were drafted and all that. And, and, you know, we still, we won the Allen Cup a couple times in the 2010s there. But, again, nobody was on their way up. I don't know people that have gone, oh, you know, getting scouted out of the Newfoundland League in recent history. So, anyway. So just a little tiny bit out of Ken's book. Robbie Forbes was one of the greatest imports ever to play in the Newfoundland Senior League, and that's fine company. He was a hero of mine. Says former NHLer Terry Ryan. Kids from Newfoundland don't often play in the NHL, let alone get chosen in the first round. But on July 8th, 1995, that dream came true for Ryan and his family. A few years earlier, Terry's dad, Terry Sr., played pro in the 70s and moved with Terry Jr. all the way across Canada in pursuit of his NHL dream. 
Terry Jr. had dominated the peewee ranks of Newfoundland, so they moved to British Columbia while Mother Gail stayed home. 14-year-old Terry went straight from peewee hockey in Newfoundland to playing with men in the Rocky Mountain Junior A Hockey League. A few years later, he was a WHL superstar for the Tri-City Americans. At the 95 draft in Edmonton, Terry's favorite childhood team, the Montreal Canadiens, took him with the eighth overall pick in the draft. It was the highest Newfoundlander had ever been selected. This was a kid who grew up on the rock, dreaming of life in the NHL. His heroes were Gretzky and Lemieux, and another guy as well. He was a guy the rest of the kids in attendance at the draft never saw on Saturday night TV. Robbie Forbes was, for me, larger than life, says Terry. That's really the way to put it. At the time, my favorite NHL team was the Montreal Canadiens. They won the Stanley Cup in 1986. And I kid you not, if you'd said to me, do you want to meet Rob Forbes or do you want to meet Bob Ganey? I would have taken Rob Forbes. And Ganey was the captain of my favorite NHL team, says the former NHLer. Fandom like that is earned in late September 1985. Rob Forbes headed for Newfoundland. <coughs> it goes on to talk about his journey and meeting the people. And uh, yada, 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 yada. Forbes. Soon discovered that his friendly Newfoundlanders were all around town. It was a different story once the games began. So he came in to play in Cornerbrook, and their arch rival was Stephenville. Uh, we went into Stephenville. They had a big, tough team. They had Kevin Morrison, a former WHA All-Star, at 348 penalty minutes. They had Gordy Gallant, machine gun, who twice led the WHA in penalty minutes. They had Danny Cormier, Stan Cormier. Uh, just anyway, yada, yada, yada. Talks about a full-scale lion brawl. Talks about coming back, then it comes back into our world again. Forbes was such a dynamic player that even the son of one of the other coaches in the league thought of him as a, his favorite player, Terry Ryan Jr. His father, Terry Ryan Sr., coached the Mount Pearl Blades. They were pretty much fodder for Forbes, but young Terry didn't hold that against number seven of the Cornerbrook Royals. There were all kinds of great imports who came in. But Robbie, he just saw the light, ice like no other. He was dynamic. If you were a kid watching, you notice Bobby Forbes. He could just see the ice. He was aware of his positioning. He looked better than everybody else. Ryan still wasn't educated on the finer points of the game, but he knew a great player when he saw one. The kid was a hockey junkie. and figured if this Forbes guy was the best player in the league, a league full of former pros and NHLers, then he must be the real deal. When you watched the game, you could really tell he was the best player on the ice, Ryan said. It was like that with Robbie Forbes. Four or five times a game, at least, he would do something that no one else to do. And this important part coming up here. And it seemed like he was taking charge out there and people were listening to him. Like any fan in the stands, Ryan went to meet his favorite player when he came to Mount Pearl to take on the Blades. He would talk to you. He would ask, you, would, you could ask for his autograph and he would ask you how you were doing. One time, he asked me about my Adam hockey team. I told him all about it. I told him I had just been named captain of the team. He seemed interested, and looking back now and knowing, because I've been in that position, he was probably just humoring me. But he was really good at it. He just seemed like the Steve Eisenman of the league back then. God, I get, like, choked up because I remember that, right? Obviously, I wouldn't say it if I didn't remember it. But now this goes on and on the pages. This is a longer chapter of the book. It's about 20 pages. It talks about Rob and then going on and, and taking the national championship to a small town of Cornerbrook, the only one they've ever gotten. And, uh, you know, his experience, he lived in an apartment with three of the guys under a bar that must have been a laugh. Um, yeah, it's good memories. But for me, that meant a lot, okay? That meant a lot. I'm sorry I read a lot there, and um, some of you probably didn't want to hear it. 
it's my podcast. I can do what I want. Uh, I, I just, I, I don't know what excerpt to read out of that book to, to you know, cause it's a long book. It's a good, good read. It's a short, right? It's a series, 14 chapters. So each chapter probably take 10 minutes to read. I mean, it's a nice, nice compact read. I don't mean it that way, but it's a long meaning there's, 14 great stories of great people and hockey players that didn't necessarily make the show. Some of them might have a cup of coffee, I guess. Yeah, they did. But, um, you know, you probably not household names. So I love the book from that angle. I really highly recommend it. And uh, as far as Robbie Forbes goes, yeah, like, guys. So he's, that guy is Crosby's uncle. <laughs> is or, or like blood, bloodline uncle. His sister is Sydney's mother. So clearly, I mean, it runs in the family. But um, that meant a lot to me. And Rob Forbes, I remember the exact day. Like, I, I remember that. We had practice. We came off. Um, got changed, went up, got a plate of fries like we did every time. Came down. The rink was filling up. There was scalpers and everything, man. It was just hard to get in. But we had already had a practice. And my dad coached the team. So we would be let in and I guess for free, right? Don't give a fuck about the fire regulations back then. There was people hanging off the rafters. I mean that. It was every game was packed. Every single game was packed. And there was people outside that couldn't get in. Big other things I remember about the game, like there was so much smoking that it was just like bluish gray hue. You could barely see the benches by the second period, certainly the third. Um and it's funny, I look back and that's like a, a, a good memory, I guess, a nostalgic memory. I don't know about a good one, but probably, I mean, a, a good, it's a nostalgic memory associated with these things like meeting Robbie Forbes. So I mean, they would have warm-up, like pro or whatever, right, come out and warm-up. And then when they uh, when they went off afterwards, I just got in kind of in between the dressing room and the exit off the ice there. And Robbie came over, man, and he signed Whatever I had there, I don't have the signature. That's not important. It's funny. All that time I spent getting autographs, I don't know where one is, right, as they say. But the human connection is what I remember. So anyway, yeah, he came over and he asked me about my team. And I really, 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 really thought he, he, he really wanted to know. I told him. And for like three or four years, I remember going, like, when I scored, like, well, Robbie would be happy for me now. And he probably didn't even have any idea who I was. Right, how would he? Um didn't know who my team was, anything else, but he acted like he did. He acted interested, and I, uh, it just always meant a lot to me. So long way about it there, long answer to whatever question. Oh, is this the, still the Jack Campbell question? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, Ken Reed's Hometown Hockey Heroes. Um, oh, it's 1020. Fuck, I got to get going, guys. Yeah, I got to get going. We have, uh, so usually to this point, I've been, oh, one second, there's my daughter. Uh, hey, Penny Lane, love you. Just recording Tales with TR going in to be Ted Hitchcock in about an hour. And I've got some good news, a big surprise. I'll talk to you soon. Um, oh, the surprise is that uh, you might be wondering. Sorry, by by the way, guys, I just I just completely pulled a selfish move. To, uh, Penny Lane texted me, 
and I miss her so much. So I guess priority was getting back to her. Anyway, so she wants to know what I'm up to today, which means she's bored, and she wants to go online and play uh, Sonic or something. That's one good thing I can say about video games. It's a way to connect uh, your friends, daughters, whatever, relatives. <laughs> um, because I do have fun. I get to go online at night, play like golf, hockey with my buddies. Um, Penny Lane and I can go on there and play, uh, what do we play? We play Crash Bandicoot. Highly recommend that game. It's a laugh. Trying to, almost like problem solving, really, for lack of, I mean, any of those games. It's it's a new age. Uh, sure. Come on in. Oh, just one second. Just, um, yeah, I'm going to need the room done, but I'm out of here and I just haven't had it done in a couple of days. Oh. I'm, I'm out of here in like 20 minutes. Okay, thank you. Sorry about that. Uh, fuck, what do people think when they're listening to my pod? Right, that's the nice ladies that do our rooms here and um, I need mine done. I don't like them. I don't need them coming in here every second day so I, or, or every day, and they do here. It's a great, great hotel we're at. I shouldn't mention it, I guess. Um, I don't mind, but we're all staying here, and uh, I don't want someone to show up at one of the other actors' doors, not uh, because I've invited them kind of thing. Um, another, yeah, I got a couple more questions I didn't get to. I talk a lot, as you know. As you know. Um, so Okanagan Jim and Blair from San Francisco. I'll answer your questions soon. And there's a couple other ones, by the way. Uh, and there are more questions. So a couple of you had rapid fire randoms, by all means. But go to Twitter. It's way easier. Go to Twitter. Tag me, Terry Ryan 20 And any question. I like it. I got a lot of last week for rapid fire randoms. So don't think I forgot you. I'm just going to incorporate those in my interview. Right. Um, so if I didn't get to any of your questions there today, that's why, guys, I'm going to in incorporate them into my podcast next time and I'll get to the rest of them this week at some point. Thanks a lot for listening. I really appreciate it. And uh, if you're downtown St. John's, you want to have a beer, check out my favorite spots being Trinity Pub, TJ's Pub, Rob Roy Confusion, Greensleeves, Martini Bar, and... Bull and Barrel. If you're going to go for a bite to eat, try the Loose Tie, Wedgwood Cafe, Blue on Water, and Merchant Tavern. If you want a bite to, if you want to change your life, work out, strength and balance for the body and mind, power conditioning, Rope Walk Lane. If you want to go to Mr. Lube, there's two locations in St. John's. One's on Torbay Road. One is on Camont Road. Live, laugh, lube. Pitbull Pain Relief, the pain sticks that just don't quit. Check it out, pitbullpainrelief.com. And, of course, true hockey, take what's yours. Folks, this has been 181B. See, I don't really know. There's going to be three more episodes this week. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Season three coming in just a few months. And uh, I'll be here for another week and a half recording it. And then I'll see you all in St. John's, Newfoundland, including my daughter, Penny Lane. Love you. Everybody else, I'll catch you on the rebound. Thanks for listening. Back in a couple of days with more TRL.